0: iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. Uh, At this time, please join me in welcoming the star of The Good Wife, Emmy-winning actress Juliana Margulies and our moderator Donna Friedman.
1: So You're one of my favorite people to interview, so it's great to see you again. Thank you very much. And I think the question that all the show's fans want to know at this point is, what happens with Alicia and her husband? Does she stay or does she go? Do you know?
2: I actually don't know. One of the things I ask the writers is not to tell me. Why is that? I think the hardest thing for television actors um, is to keep it fresh. And in order to keep it fresh and day-to-day and and, um, never get... Complacent is to not know what's going to happen. We all don't know in our own lives anyway. So it's not like a movie role where you're creating a beginning, a middle, and an end. You're just on a train that keeps going, and if you know what's going to happen, I don't think it'll be spontaneous.
1: So what do you think makes her story? I mean, you guys are one of the top shows on TV right now. What do you think makes her story so compelling?
2: I think everyone can relate to some aspect of the story, whether it's uh, just putting yourself in her shoes and saying, what would you do? Or putting yourself in your own shoes and judging her for what she's doing, which I think we've all done when we've watched these women um, standing in the background of their husbands at the podiums. Um, I know I did. I judged it myself. And I think that it's an
1: interesting uh, topic, and it's very timely. So we had all these scandals. I don't think Jenny Sanford happened at the time, but you had Silda Spitzer and Elizabeth Edwards. What went through your mind when you read the script? Well, um,
2: what I love. What I loved about it when I read the script was I've never read anything that's written by a husband-wife team. And I found the dialogue incredibly natural. And um, their curiosity as to what happens after the drama is what I found inspiring. Um, because it's endless. She's already has a history and she now has a, hu- a huge future. We don't know what. So there was many ways to play it.
1: So how did you become a lawyer, basically?
2: Um, well, <laughs> I mean, how did...
1: On the, on the show, how did you get into her head?
2: Oh, get into her head. Well, I mean, it, it helps to be married to a lawyer, I have to say. I get, I get a lot of free tips. <laughs> um, but I think also there was a tremendous amount of pride in her willingness to go back to work and disappear from her public life, even though it follows her to work. Mm-hmm. I think diving into work was a way to get away from it.
1: Can you and I know you said you don't by choice know what happens to her going forward, but can you talk a little bit about what do you think is going to happen to her at the law firm? Will she have a fling with Josh Charles, for example, which I think a lot of the fans want? You know, I I don't know. I honestly don't know. My guess
2: is, you know, it's television and they like to titillate an audience and keep people coming back for more. So I'm sure there's going to be some sort of tryst, but so far there hasn't been. I think it's more. More about trying to maintain her life rather than complicate it anymore than it is.
1: What do you want to have happen to her? Or what direction do you want her to go in?
2: You know, I'm torn. (laughs) I'm very torn because I do scenes with Chris Noth, who plays my husband. And I think, oh, fight for this. You've got kids. He's a good guy. And then I think, you know,
0: screw you.
2: You know, go to hell. I want to find my own life and my own voice. So I think it's a very complex um, place to be and I
1: like it. I, I truly don't know. Do you, how do you guys come up with the storylines? There, there's so much of an intersection between current events and what happens in the show. Is that intentional or is that just kind of an accident, I, you a happy know, accident? It's
2: Technically, I mean, that's a, a question for the writers, but the truth is most of it is pulled from the mm-hmm. headlines. Um, we just did a, a case this week about a judge uh, who was getting paid to send boys to a private detention mm-hmm. center, and he was sending boys that should not have gone, young, and that's a true case. The whole thing just came down this past week, actually, and we we ripped that from the headlines. I mean, so many of the cases are real. They, they kind of have to be mm-hmm. in order to be valid, as valid as we can make them. Um, but I think the storylines really also come from this... Married couple who manage to bounce things back and forth to each other and they come up with fresh new ideas. I mean, I, I don't usually read stuff written about a show because if you believe the good, you have to believe the bad. But there was one thing I read that I thought was so great, which was why hasn't this topic been done before? You know, I mean, it's such a, um, it's not just timely. I, if this had been done 10 years ago, it would have been timely. And if this was done 10 years from now, it would be timely. It's just interesting that it, it's never been broached before on television.
1: And it's so interesting because you don't ever see the story told from the woman's perspective, which I think is such a unique take on it. Yeah,
2: I mean the whole, this is what Michelle and Robert King, who, who wrote and created the whole um, pilot said, which was they were watching one of these political wives standing behind their husband mm-hmm. as he was saying, you know, and I, we, we, we um, respectfully ask for you to leave us alone. <laughs> and, and then they both looked at each other and went, so what happens in the green room? how do you go on in a marriage it's hard enough if that happens let alone publicly humiliated like that so you know they they got into why this all happened and, and uh, what what happens afterwards and it's cause and effect and that's what makes it interesting
1: and now you're a working mom in real life do you ever apply anything from your own life to her own scenario as a parent where you say this wouldn't happen or this would happen or this is a challenge that moms face you know I, I don't I, it's so funny I, I took my kid
2: um, to his checkup the other day and I have a toddler and she, she, my pediatrician was like I can't believe I'm watching on TV with teenagers because you have no idea what you're in for it's very different <laughs> so I, I don't I, I have, I'm learning from Alicia because you know, one day at a time with a toddler I have no idea <laughs> I look at the kids that I'm being a mother of on television I'm like my kid would never do that and <laughs> well, of course he will
1: and as a New Yorker what's it like shooting here?
2: You know, I, I hate to sound actressy, but I, it's heaven. Um, yes, I mean the bevy of guest stars that come on our show. Yesterday, I worked with Kate Burton. I mean, she's royalty, as far as I'm concerned. Tony Goldwyn, Peter Riegert. I, I just look at these people coming in and out, and I, it's it's like playing tennis with a better player. You're just it ups the ante, and it makes you want to do better. And you know that comes from school of actors who all have training and are from the theater and are in a community of the arts. And it's not just about fame. It's about the,
1: the actual craft. It's like a little mini theater production it every kinda, week. I yeah. mean, I
2: feel like it is.
1: Do you, when we spoke, you were saying you were just kind of getting into the rhythm of carrying an entire show yourself. I mean, ha, have you gotten the rhythm more now or is it still crazy? I've gotten used to the rhythm.
2: Um, that's the only way I've gotten used to, you know, every first year of a show, I'm glad I've done one before, mm-hmm. is, um, it's a lot of work, but what isn't? I'm ha- you know, I'm not, I can't complain about it, I love it. I love the work, and I think it's, um, yeah, it's tiring, but you know, beat and Hash. Uh, what's,
1: so. for, what's for you the most challenging, and both the, the, both the most challenging and the most rewarding parts of playing her?
2: Um, well, one of the most rewarding parts is our fabulous costume designer. I get to wear great. The clothes. Narciso Rodriguez dress
1: and the <laughs> <laughs>
2: alone, right? No, um, I, I, I'm learning a lot from her. I'm very unlike her. She, I wear my emotions much more on my sleeve and feel very. Um, uh, I'm a, I, I react to a given situation, whereas she thinks things through the way a lawyer would. She sees both sides of the coin, and I, I'm an actor, so I'm emotional. So playing her has taught me a little bit to think before I act, which I really do find rewarding. I think it's a good way to live your life. And it actually has made mine a little easier um, because she's got so much going on and she hasn't cracked yet. I'm sure she will, she's gonna have to. Um, maybe a little bar scene eventually or some alcohol. Like... But <laughs> <laughs> but I find it really rewarding because I think she's much more mature than I am. Um, and what was the question? The... The, the,
1: the biggest challenge of playing her?
2: The biggest challenge of playing her is that I want to scream every minute and, and be more aggressive. Uh, and it's a challenge for me to hold her back and keep taking the hits and not hit back because that's how I would. React. Do
1: you ever see yourself being as forgiving as she was? I mean, she was kind of amazingly forgiving.
2: Well, the show's not over yet. You know, like, I don't know how forgiving she is. I think, I mean, I hope in a lot of ways I think we all should be more forgiving than mm-hmm. we are because our, I think that, you know, Life isn't how you expect it to be, but um, you know it ain't over till the fat lady sings. And I don't know. I don't know if she's going to be able to make this work.
1: It's so interesting too now because now you're getting to the point where he might be let out of prison, and what's going to happen? Yeah. And so far she hasn't had to make the decision no. because he's her. in
2: prison. It's been made for her. So all she has to worry about is getting a meal on the table, a roof over their, her kid's head, and maintaining her level at her law firm. So she hasn't had to think about that yet. And I think the idea of him coming home, there's an episode coming up where you know, they're, they're at the appeal and you just see on her face, like, uh, does she want him to get out or not? You know, It's very, very frustrating.
1: How did you develop her?
2: Well, you know, it's rare that, um, especially on network television, I didn't I didn't want to go back to network television. I was looking to do something on cable because they're a little bit more artistic in their endeavors because they don't have a million advertisers telling them what they can and can't say. So I was very nervous about going back to network television. But when you get writers like this, they create... I'm stunned at how many times... The only time I'd ever experienced this was when I did The Sopranos. And every if, and, and but was mm-hmm. accounted for. You couldn't change any dialogue at all. And there was a reason for that. It was written exactly how it should have been written and how it should have been said. And that's how I find this dialogue. There's, they write so well that it, it's helping me create the character as we go. So you literally just, you get the script and it, it's, it's a gem. Well, not always. I mean, things, certain mm-hmm. things have to work out. It depends. You know, there's a bevy of writers. There's like six writers, mm-hmm. and then Michelle and Robert are the mm-hmm. ones that... Um, go over each script and uh they have they have a huge job right now and they're also hearing you know it's not it's a very different process television because every week they put it a rough cut in front of a test audience and if the test audience which are usually in las vegas nothing against las vegas but these are people who have time to do that you know um and they'll say i didn't understand da 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 Mm -hmm. and then the the reshoot comes and I'm like, are you kidding me? The audience is, this is dumbing down the audience. Why do I have to say this? Well, the powers that be said that no one's going to understand that and my fight always is let's not, you know, let's have higher expectations of the people who are actually watching the show
1: and if they don't understand it, they'll TiVo it and go back. <laughs> and who, ca- who came up with that? the little details like the straightening of the jacket when you, after you smacked him? Was that just... That was me. That was you know, name?
2: that was an intense moment because... Um, Someone asked me to describe that moment the other day, and the only word I could say was, "I felt so small. I felt like I'd just been put through a horrible experience without realizing what was going on, and the only way to wake up, not him, her, was to you know it 's like moonstruck shares said snap out of it and she slapped him in the face, but there's something to be said about a slap it was like she had to wake herself up and Get herself, It felt like ah, that was over and now move on. And then there's a horrible caged animal feeling where mm-hmm. she goes there and then the press is there and there's nowhere to go. And it just, I felt, I felt tiny.
1: Has playing her given you more, more of an understanding of what all these women that have made headlines recently go through? Oh my God. Completely?
2: I have so much respect and, and a bit of shame at how I judged people without knowing them, mm-hmm. without knowing their cir- circumstance. We're so easy to judge. And, you know, I don't know what I would do in that situation. I have no idea. Uh, but I, you know, my husband's my rock. And, and the idea of losing the love of your life and this stability and, I mean, your children, it's not such an easy question. And when doing it publicly. And doing it publicly. I mean, it's, everybody's so quick to judge. It's taught me a tremendous amount of um, understanding... Of trying not to be judgmental. I think we're all so quick. You know, there's an episode coming up where there's on online voting of who want, thinks they should stay together and who thinks they should get divorced. Now, it doesn't affect my character because she never goes online, but her kids, you know, they have their dad on Google alert and every time his name comes up their computers go up and they're watching people vote on whether their parents should stay together. It's sick. You know, so... It's just, it affects a lot of lives. And I think people need to be more careful before they immediately jump to a criticism or a judgment.
1: Well, kind of along those lines, would you ever want to meet any of these real-life political spouses?
2: (laughs) Oh, only if they like the show. (laughs) Because if they're mad at at me for bringing it up again or making them... Well,
1: I think the show's pretty respectful, though. It, it's
2: respectful, but it's still... My biggest fear was that they would at all, that their names came back up because of the show, you know? So, of course, I have tremendous respect for all of them and all their choices. Um, I'd love to meet all of them, but only um, only to sing their praises and not for them to feel that I've dragged them back in the mud again.
1: It's okay. They're all writing books, so I think that... <laughs> I
2: know, you know... that. They're singing to the bank. Now. Exactly.
1: I think that they're. I think they're fine. And it, you know, in some ways, as you are. In some ways, I can't speak. You are like Alicia in that you have a full-time job, you have a family. How do you juggle everything along with carrying the show? One day at a
2: time. One day at a time. I mean, if so? I look at it as a whole, mm-hmm. I, I never know what I'm shooting on Friday. I only know what I'm doing tomorrow. I learn my lines at lunchtime, so at night I can. You know, you just learn. It's all about juggling. But any working parent, it's the same thing. You're just juggling. I mean, the only difference is that I have to be on camera the next day. And, you know, the lack of sleep doesn't help. But that's the only difference between me and any other working mom is that I'm supposedly supposed to look good. But I, it's okay. To, I always say to them, I'm like, so she's tired too, you know. It is what it is.
1: And I want to open it up to some questions.
2: That's a great question. I mean, that's one of the reasons I took the show was because of Tony and and Ridley Scott. I've known Ridley for a while. um, And it was amazing. When we were shooting the pilot, Ridley Scott was in London shooting Robin Hood with Russell Crowe having apparently a tough time. But everyone seems to know that. Um, And after a 15-hour shooting day, he would watch the dailies of The Good Wife and email me. And I was just stunned that... I mean, when I did ER, I, n- I never got an email from Spielberg or Crichton. You know, like, <laughs> uh, just I watch dailies, it's fantastic. He was so excited about the show, and he, he said, this is watching a film on television, and I feel like that's what I'm watching you're doing. He was very supportive, and, and still is. I mean, he, I just had dinner with him a few weeks ago, and, and he comes to town, he comes to the set. I think, I mean, words out that he might be directing one of them, um, and Tony wants to direct one. So it, they're very involved in a, in, a, in a nurturing way, not at all. And if there's a problem, if I'm feeling like there's too much CBS as opposed to you know, too, too many rules, I'll call them and they fix it. They have a show on um, CBS called Numbers. So they have a great relationship with them over there. And uh, it's helped us tremendously.
0: We do have a microphone, so just uh, raise oh. your hand and I'll bring a microphone to you. Any further questions? Anyone? Come on.
2: <laughs> That's all right. I can go to dinner.
0: <laughs> right here? Excuse me. Um, I wasn't going to bring it up, but you did. Uh, what is, how is this different from filming ER?
2: Oh, um, well, it's a very different... Um, climate uh, it's slower much much slower uh, and it's a very different environment to be in um, it's it's uh, aside from the fact that I'm home in New York and I don't feel like I'm away shooting something for you know a long period of time so I'm much more comfortable in my skin um, and it's not I consider everyone an ensemble but it, it isn't so much of an ensemble so the the weight is a little bit more on my shoulders and getting used to carrying that weight um, actually feels good, I like it. It not only in that I have such great um, uh, supporters, you know, I really feel supported and lifted by this cast and crew, I have to say, the crew is such a huge part of what you do, because uh, you see them more than you see your family. So it's, it feels much more, at, I feel it like more at home probably because of location, but also with, with ER, everything was steady cam and, and it was a constant pace. We would rehearse something for six hours and then just do one take. With this, it's not so much Steadicam. You know, it's a lot more masters, close-ups. You know, it depends on the day, but our, in general, it's just a very slower feel.
1: Don't be shy
2: back
0: there.
1: One. Hi, Juliana. Hi. Uh, because you've had such longevity in this industry, I wanted to ask you if you had any advice for aspiring actresses. Oh,
2: yeah. Um, you know, I, I do. Learn your craft. Go to class. Go to school. Have a technique. Because no matter how good you are, there's gonna be days where you're exhausted and you're not feeling it. You can't always feel it. And if you don't have a technique to fall back on, I really feel that you're cheating the audience. Um, It's my biggest, I always say when I go to schools and talk to kids, if you don't love it more than life itself, don't do it. Because it's a hard profession to be in. But if you do love it, learn your craft. Be great at it, you know? And be excited to learn your craft. Don't, don't, um, don't cheat yourself that opportunity. Do you want
1: to go back and do more theater? Do, I want, sorry, do you want to go back and do more theater during your oh, off no. time, or do you just want to sleep?
2: Oh, oh on my hiatus? Yeah. Oh, I don't know about my hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna be tired. But no, I mean, theater for me, I think that every actor has to have a theatrical background. I just do, because on a stage, there's no oh sorry cut you know you have to man through whatever problems are there and that's your craft that's the beauty of being an actor and if you can't if you can't respect that process I just think it's a very difficult profession to get a grip on if you don't have that kind of um, grasp of what the craft is but that's just me be done.
0: Good evening. I was reluctant to speak because I frankly haven't seen the show. I haven't been in the. Con- I haven't been able to see it until um, I watched the last ep- first episode last night, and I was really moved by the conjugal visit scene that was done because of the subtleties in it. And you know, I think I'm going to be watching from now on. It was really, and I, I respect both you and Chris Note so much as actors, and um, it's great to see something like this on. On television now, I mean, especially something that's not cable. Was it? Um, is it the kind of thing where it, it seems like when shows like this try to deal on non-cable television with serious adult topics or things that have political ramifications or whatever, they, they don't last very long. Uh, there have been a number of shows on, you know, the network television in the last few years. I think that have been ones that were most appreciated. Uh, Maybe in terms of the critics or whatever, and then they're just not continued. Um, I wonder how what you feel when you're acting in something like that. Is there a way to um, to try to to do something in advance to promote the show in certain ways, or to try to uh, keep the integrity of it and still you know maintain the the success of it? Yeah,
2: that's a great. I mean, that. The sad reality is that reality television has really taken over um, and, and made a big dent in dramatic television. And, and it's always, that was always my, from a kid, you know, when I was a kid, the 10 o'clock hour was like, you just want to disappear into something that can take you away for an hour and make you talk about it the next day and think about it. And, um, I, I, we got so lucky because CBS stood behind it. That was, A, the first thing, was that CBS said, this is going to be a great show, and they stood behind us. And I think if the network isn't on your side, you know, um, years ago, Fox had a show called Arresting, Arrested Development, which I thought was, it was the best thing on TV as far as I was concerned. And they won the Emmy that year. And then it went, they canceled it. And I just thought, had they been behind it and done the, you know, there's, it was cheaper for them to do it. Dancing with the Stars or whatever those shows are, which I, I, I do boycott them because I feel like they're dumbing down our nation and they're taking away jobs from really talented writers, directors, and actors. And um, it's such a joy to be a part of, I feel like there's a few network shows this year that are bringing back the drama. And there was a big, you know, this whole Leno thing. And um, I'm, personally, I think Leno's a great guy, but I'm thrilled that we're killing him. I'm thrilled that he gets killed every night. I hope that I feel like America's saying enough. you know we, You can do that some other time, but not at our 10 o'clock slot, you know it's just because it was cheaper for the network. you know it was much less money for NBC to do his show than to do five dramas a night at 10 o'clock. And so it's just cheaping us everything is getting cheap. And I feel like this is such a rich show. you know last night 's show, I was watching it actually and, Rod Holcomb directed that show, and Rod Holcomb directed the pilot of ER. And he's sort of the whole reason I ever stayed on that show, because in the pilot of ER, my character died. I was just a guest star. But the way Rod shot it, my death, when I came in on a gurney, I mean, in a two-hour pilot, uh, I have seven minutes of screen time on ER. But he shot my death through the eyes of George Clooney's character, and suddenly my character was so elevated to everyone wanting her to live, that I, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time with the right director and the right, you know, like it all just worked and they kept me alive and, you know, it's history. And I was watching the show last night and one of the things I, I saw was that, that scene, by the way, I think one of the best things about ER was the original six of us that were on that show knew how to throw away a line without making a meal out of it. And that moment in that in that um, jail, in the conjugal, at the conjugal visit, just that one little handhold. It's, you know, it's, it's more than a love scene, you know, in that one moment. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be simple. And it makes it, it you know, um, I think it draws you into it. Because I, I, I was, I had no idea, I have never have any idea how it's gonna turn out, because I don't know what they're gonna cut, what they're gonna keep, you know. That's the, the, the sad part of being an actor on television or in film is that the editor gets your performance in the end. You don't. It's up to them. Whereas on stage, you're in control of your performance You know, at the end of the day. It's always yours. So you never know. And if you're in good hands, which I feel like this show is in really good hands. In fact, our editor is one of the editors from ER also. And it does have that feel of what the early days of, I, I can only say early days only because I. I never watched ER once I left, it was too, you know, I'd done it for six years and it was, I I couldn't watch another Gurney rolling down a hallway, but
1: (laughs) it's exhausting, it's
2: like, oh, I know that hallway. But um, I really felt like there was this texture and this richness to it that you don't see that often anymore. And I was thrilled and I just, I I pray and hope, thank God, you know, that we're doing well and that's what'll keep us on the air if we do well. So, and it has been, thank God.
1: I wanted to actually ask you, in line with what this lady asked, um, how did you and Chris Noth develop your relationship? Because he doesn't get a lot of screen time, and yet it feels very real and very understated, just, just like a normal, it's not showy. You
2: how know, did, I think
1: that yeah. it, was, it was such a great casting
2: choice, because when I said yes to the job, I said, but you have to make her husband much more Clinton-esque than Spitzer-esque. Because... <laughs> You need to be drawn in, but still believe. He has to have that magnetic feel about him, you know, that you're going to find him sexy, so you still root for him. Because what he did is a really horrible thing. And it has horrible repercussions. But on the other hand, I mean, I remember the whole Clinton thing, and I was still thought he was hot. I was like, oh, yeah, but, you know, okay, got a blow job. Well, come on, you know.
1: <laughs>
2: I kind of, so he had to have that kind of, stature, and so his relation, relationship with me, it's already built in in who he is. Plus, I've known Chris, the first mm-hmm. TV I ever did was Law & Order with Chris Noth, so I think I played Lieutenant Menendez or something. Um, and I, you know, I've known him for 17 years, and, and there was just an easy, natural camaraderie between us. And I'll never forget, in the pilot, he walks up, it was his first day of shooting, and I'd already been shooting for two weeks in Vancouver. We shot the pilot in Vancouver. And he just walked up to the podium and I was standing there and I was like, oh, my God, he's so good. So we haven't seen him in this kind of a role. So I'm I'm thrilled. I think he's doing and it, it gets better and better. He's doing such a great job and he signed on for more. So oh, good, good. good. Yeah. That was that was gonna be another question. I know. So. <laughs> no, he was like, wait a minute. I'm staying.
0: Anyone else? You have a question. Uh, when you were talking about um, studying the craft, I was wondering if there were um, teachers that had a particular impact on you that you studied with. And how long, did, I'm presuming that you're far too busy to continue studying now, but how, uh, you know, how long did you continue studying while you were you know, still doing the law and orders and that stuff? You know? So that's sort of, I guess, two questions, actually.
2: Yeah, I, don't, I, think, I think you should always go back. You know, it's, it's like working out of the gym. If you stop going to the gym, your muscles atrophied. And I think it's the same with any craft. Um, you want to always, I mean, and that could be anything, by the way, it could be just going to see a lot of theater. And I learn just as much from bad acting as I do from good acting. You know, I mean, you do, you say, oh, I'd never do that. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> so I think um, I studied for as long as I could. I was still studying when I got the pilot of VR. I was always in an acting class, always, always doing a scene with a scene partner, waitressing, then you'd get a movie and you'd go off and do that and then you'd go back to class. I mean, that was just the way, it's just a part of an actor's life, or should be, I think. I don't think you should ever stop. And it's hard now, obviously. It's very hard. So I try to, I try to watch really great movies on weekends when I have the time. And, and, and by the way, like yesterday I had the scene with Kate Burton and I thought, oh, well, okay, I'm having an acting class. <laughs> Acting's reacting. So if you're with a great actor, you don't have to do anything. You just react to what they're doing and you'll look great and you'll feel great, you know? And it was an inter- I had an interesting scene today with my son, the boy who plays my son, and he's so sweet and he's so interested in learning his craft. And he asks me questions. And and we were doing this scene and I so I started kind of on his close up, just playing with him a little bit and doing things a little differently and so that he couldn't react the same way every time. And it was like an acting class today. I really, I felt, like I said to the director, I feel like we just had, I learned stuff, you know? And I think if you're always interested and inspired, you'll always be learning.
1: Is there one person that you dream of having on the show? Like one specific New York actor that you just, above anyone else, you want to have oh on? God.
2: Oh my God, what a question. Um, oh, there's so many.
1: Pick one. Okay, Meryl Pick Streep. Pick five. Meryl Streep.
2: <laughs>
1: just one scene.
0: She'll Maybe actually she be here next Wednesday, if you want to come down and say hello.
2: Oh, I will, what time? Seven o'clock? I'll be here. I'll be at work, but send her my love. <laughs>
0: will do.
1: Not a bad choice, though. No. no, oh,
2: she's, I know, but, she's the actor's actor.
0: Any further questions? Ready right here again? This is sort of a question I'm actually a little embarrassed to ask, but everyone always talks, I'm a curly-haired girl, <laughs> so, do you get pressure to straighten your hair? Do you just like it better straight?
2: <laughs> no, th- for in terms of um, uh, the character, they wanted me to have straight hair, and it, also because we were trying to go very different from Hathaway, and hair is very seems to become someone's character, and I didn't want that to be the case on this. So, um, they took a little bit of my my Jew. Jew out of me
0: <laughs> for this
2: role. I'm not gonna lie, they did. Um, but no, I like wearing it always. Um, it's just nice to have a change, you know. And the truth is, the public will see it more straight than I ever have it because whenever I do press, I have a hair person. <laughs> so there, I would never do it. But if someone else has the time and muscle to blow it out, I'm all for it, just for a change.
1: It's it's annoying. I have wavy hair. It's it's, it's a yeah. process. Yeah. Yeah, it's too. Yeah.
2: I have my arms hurt. Yeah. I would I wouldn't do it to myself, honestly. But right. I, by the way, I do get that question a lot.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you. Thank you, you uh, so Donna much, you guys. Maddery. Thank you, Julianne. Thanks, for everybody.
2: By. Thank you.
0: The episodes are available on the iTunes Store as well as broadcast television. Thank you, everybody, for coming tonight. Check out all our events that we have coming up at apple.com/soho. Thank you, and.